Man, I'm glad that we're all still alive and we're here to celebrate Christmas. How exciting. Happy that you're still alive as well, too. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. I like all you guys. But Merry Christmas. That's what the whole point of the service is, obviously. I hope that that's the beginning of this next week for you guys. Is everybody aware that Christmas is in two days? Two days. Two days, guys. If you've been guys, guys, I just read a fact that said that, what is it, it's something like, it's like 30 or 40% of guys do all their Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. If you got to do that, you better get on it, guys, because there's, I mean, there's the last bit. I thought it'd be fun to give you some Christmas facts to start out with, just to get us in the, in the, in the spirit here. Um, some information and also some funny facts as well, too. Christmas actually became an official holiday in the U.S. in 1870. Interestingly enough, from 1647 to 1660, Christmas was actually illegal in England by the British Parliament. They actually outlawed it. Pretty interesting. Joy to the World, which is one of the most famous Christmas songs of all time, we sung it today, is actually not about Christmas. It's about Christ's return as our king. It's not about him coming as a baby in Jesus. Now that's kind of funny, right? Now you guys know. Here's one that's maybe a little bit more funny, though. 56% of people say that they regularly sing Christmas songs to their pets. 56% admit to it. That's what I like to say. I mean, probably all you guys do. During the Christmas season, 5,340 Visa cards are swiped in stores every minute. Wow, that's a lot of plastic, right? According to Facebook... Two weeks before Christmas is the most popular time to break up. So congratulations, couples. If you guys are still together, you made it past the hardest time. Two weeks before. <laughs> the one that interests me, though, this is pretty interesting. Mistletoe is actually a semi-parasitic plant. It means it cannot sustain itself without actually sucking nutrients from the tree that it is growing in. As well... Normally, its beginning comes from bird droppings. And that is the most common reason why people think that it's got its name, because missile means dung and toe means twig. So for all you lovers out there, make sure that this Christmas season you do not pass up the opportunity to kiss under the ceremonial parasitic poop twig. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Make sure you take advantage of that poop twig. Get an opportunity. But I'm here today to talk to you about Xmas, to talk to you all about Xmas. Do you guys remember when you were in high school and you had those problems? I wrote one down here because this one actually makes sense. It's 5x minus 6 is equal to 3x minus 8. Do you remember those? Maybe in college you had to do all these different problems like that. Are there any self-proclaimed math nerds out there? Go ahead, throw your hands up. Be proud. Be proud, math nerds. All right, now are there other people out there that they believe basically that the transitive, associative, and communicative properties of math are cruel and unusual forms of punishment? Anyone else? Yeah, the math haters out there, right? Math, what's it good for? Building stuff and <laughs> engineering the world. We could do without it. Either way, 
whether you like it or not. If you've done these math problems, obviously you guys know the story. You're always trying to solve for x. That's usually the goal. x is your most common thing that you're finding. And the, and the whole idea is that, obviously, through the math, you can take a problem like that, which seems impossible, right? 5x minus 6 is equal to 3x minus 8. How on earth could you ever figure out what x is? You can actually do math to be able to find out and solve for x, which is really cool. The bad part is this. If you don't understand how to do the math, your best chance is simply plugging numbers into that x and doing the math until you find the right one. If you don't understand how to do it, the only thing you can do is just keep on trying to plug numbers into x, do the math, doesn't work. Plug another few numbers into x, do the math, doesn't work. Some of you guys probably tried to solve answers like that and spent a lot of extra time, and then you thought, maybe I should actually learn this. But I believe that's what we're seeing in our society today, this thing called Xmas. I think there's people who don't really know how to do the math, and what they do is they just keep plugging stuff in X, hoping that it solves the equation, hoping that it's what it equals up the right way. We see this all the time. I want to talk to you just about a few of them. Obviously, one of the first ones, I think, is we see that X, to most people, they try to make it equal money. We celebrate money miss, right? Man, lots and lots of gifts, lots of presents. We take trips. We buy pretty things. You buy that ring, that necklace. You buy the toys, all those different things. And, and a lot of people, they celebrate money miss. Turns out right now that Christmas sales in the United States of America account for almost one-sixth of all sales for people who are in retail. That's a lot, just in that one-month one period. And people try to make Christmas special by spending enough money on it. But we know that it can't be the case. It can't actually work because we see people who celebrate money miss, and you know what it usually means? Debt miss. That's what it means. And in July, they're still trying to pay for the presents they gave in December. And before long, people who celebrate money miss, they hate when it's coming. They're like, oh, man, Christmas is right around the corner. And then they dread it afterwards. They talk about how it's, oh, I spent so much money. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual holiday. So we know that X in Xmas, it can't stand for money. Other people, though, probably a lot more well thought, they think. Maybe X stands for family. Maybe X means family, and they celebrate family mess, which is really, really fun. And obviously, it's about getting together all the family. Uh, man, Christmas time is the most traveled time in the United States, and people traveling everywhere, going back home, going to see other people, traveling to multiple different cities, flying across the country everywhere. And it's very, very hectic. It can be very hectic. Is anyone here one of those people who has to celebrate two or three or four Christmases on one or two days? where you have to like go to Christmas for a few hours, run to another Christmas for a few hours, go to another Christmas. And it gets crazy, and it's a celebrating family miss, where everyone expects you to be there, and if you don't come, man, you are going to get the stink eye from your aunt for the rest of the year. <laughs> so you have to be there. Family miss. It sounds good, and I mean it's fun, but we know it really can't be the answer either, because we know that families change. Families change, they grow apart, people get married, move out, the kids move on and start their own traditions, and, and things change. People pass away, and obviously some people really don't have family. So there's people who still celebrate Christmas, so they don't have that, that family tradition. So we know that although family might be great, it's not the X in, in Xmas. A lot of people, like me, the X, that stands for food. And we celebrate food mess, Right? And it's all about the pies, the turkey, the ham, all the different fixes. It's about the cookies. It's about all that stuff, right? But we know what food miss brings on, don't we? Fat miss. 
food miss brings fat miss. And we're like, maybe I shouldn't eat so much because I just ate like 7,000 calories yesterday. Man, that's what happens so much, though. I mean, there's tons and tons of food sold at Christmas time. I mean, just flying off the shelves. I, I, I guarantee you, if you want to, I wouldn't recommend it, okay? But if you want to, go to a grocery store tomorrow and see what's left on the shelves. It's just always like bare. I've had to get something before on a Christmas Eve, and there's like nothing left. I mean, all the food is gone. It's crazy. Food mist becomes fun, obviously. Eat, eat, eat. The poor moms and grandmas that slave away in the kitchen all day. You unbutton your pants about halfway through the day so you can eat some more, and then you pass out in a food coma on your uncle's couch, right? <laughs> Been there. <laughs> but it's a good time, but still we know that the food mist can't be the answer. Food can't be the X, because obviously there's people who don't have as much food. We know that people then regret it, and all of January they begin working out, thinking they're going to burn off that fat mist, but it... Soon enough, it pans out, and by February, they're back to their normal ways. But I think that this is the reality, and I think none of these things are bad in moderation, realistically. Um, I mean, I love gift-giving. I love being able to buy stuff. I'm one of those people, totally, I don't just say this to be like, oh, he's a good guy. I love giving way more than receiving. That's always been me. I, I like getting gifts, but there's something awesome about seeing somebody open a present, right? And you're like, man, it, it gives you so much joy. If I had money, I would, just, I would still be broke because I'd just buy crazy Christmas presents because I love seeing that on people's face. Obviously, man, I love family. More than, more than anything, I can tell you that anything that's going to happen this Christmas season, anything I'm going to get, I mean, the greatest Christmas present I have is obviously getting to have my niece with me and getting to be close to family. That means everything, doesn't it, to get to see your family. And obviously food, I, I'm not averse to food. Um, I love good food. My mom makes delicious food. My wife can bake like nobody's business, and it's bad because I'm now like 10 pounds heavier since I got married because she cooks good. But it still doesn't really work out. I think the problem is, though, with our society is this, okay? Especially us as Americans, we have gotten so good at celebrating that we can forget why we started celebrating in the first place. We've gotten so good at celebrating that we can forget the whole purpose of the celebration. Let me break it down like this, okay? St. Patrick's Day. Otherwise known as the day when you get blackout drunk and wear green, right? <laughs> Memorial Day. It's the day when you take and you work on your house or you grill out with friends. Independence Day. That's the one where you watch stuff blow up and get drunk, right? Labor Day. Well, that's just fall Memorial Day. People don't even know what, which one's which. This is another three-day weekend <laughs> where you work on your house and you cook out. People, if, if you ask them when's Labor Day, when's Memorial they can't tell you which one's which. It, it's switching between And Christmas, Christmas is a day when we open presents with our family. And that's it. I always felt that way about Independence Day. Sometimes I think, are we really doing justice to the men who fought for our independence by cooking out steaks, drinking a bunch of beer, and watching stuff blow up? I mean, I I don't drink personally. I just mean, like, in general, that's what our culture does, right? And I think the reality is this. I, I do. I think we can get so focused on the celebrating that we forget what the celebration was actually about. We can get so good at that celebration that we, we don't even remember what the reason was, why we started it. And I think the exact same thing happens with Christmas. We keep adding things into the equation. You know, I was telling you about that equation, right, of, of what does X equal out to. 
And I think that in our society, we keep adding more. We keep, you know, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this. And the equation just keeps stretching longer and longer and more and more confusing. And I think we keep getting more confused because all our focus isn't on the celebration. But the equation is just getting out of control. It's going to take so much work to bring it back down, so much to understand it. But luckily for you guys, because I love you, I did the math. I did the math this Christmas. I took the time to work through the problems. I used those rules of mathematics. I added like figures, all that stuff. Because I know you guys probably don't want to take the time. So I solved for X. It took me hours because I had to reteach myself how to, how to learn math. But it was, it was worth it. And I made a discovery. And it's shocking. It's mind-blowing. It's probably going to change your life for the rest of it. Everything's going to be different from here on out. It's crazy. I discovered that X equals Christ. X equals Christ. Christmas. Christmas. What do you know? It turns out it was, hard, it was hiding right in there the whole time. I just hadn't seen it. But the cool thing is, is that it's not some somber religious thing that I mean to say that I'm going to ruin all your celebrations and, and you're a bad person for celebrating. In fact, what I'm, what I'm really trying to say is this is the best news in the universe. This is the best news you could possibly hear. There's this awesome story in the Bible. And you can overlook it when you just read through it because it sounds like a fairy tale, but the crazy thing is, is this is true. It happened in Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 26. And I'm going to have it up here if you guys want to read with me or if you have your Bibles. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that is um, John the Baptist's mom, if you are wondering, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin who was named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, uh, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of of God. Now, this is a pretty crazy story. A pretty crazy story that says that God sends an angel to meet with this girl, and she's just a young virgin. In this, in this society, if you look at it, the girl would realistically probably be about like 14 years old. Very young in the society. Obviously, lifespans were a lot shorter, so people grew up faster. And she would be basically betrothed to be married to Joseph, and the angel comes and says, man, God has chosen you to birth his child here on earth. Now, obviously, that sounds really miraculous to us. The interesting thing is, is obviously, she was raised in the Jewish culture, so most likely she kind of understood some of the Messiah idea. So maybe that was kind of in the back of her mind when she heard this, trying to understand it, was like maybe this is the chosen one, the Messiah that, that God was talking about who was supposed to come and, and save Israel, reconnect them to God. But what's interesting is, is she conceives this child without ever making love to her husband. It says in the Bible that he actually, basically at first he thinks that she went and she slept with another man, and he's so distraught, he prays and the Lord reveals, no, that it's, it really is God's son. 
And he takes and he stays with her, despite the fact that this would be very, very embarrassing in this culture, really terribly embarrassing. He stays with her to be God's son's adopted father. Pretty amazing when you think about it. They have this child, and probably all of you guys have heard that story, but what I want to read to you is what becomes so amazingly clear only a chapter later about who this child really is. It says this in the story of Luke 2, starting in verse 25. After the child had been born... They're going to go to the temple. And there's a story of this guy named Simeon. And it says this. It says, At this time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout, a devout, sorry, and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And that's who I'm talking about. God prophesied that there was this, this, going to be this guy who was going to come. God was going to come, and he was going to rescue his people, basically restore relationship back with them to God. And he was waiting it says, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led, uh, led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die. Talking about himself in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. It says that this guy who was, I mean, he was waiting, praying, seeking, and God had told him, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And this dude was in, I mean, man, in tune with God. And it says that they walk in with this child, and he immediately looks, and he realizes this is him. And he grabs him and says, this is the Messiah. This is the born king who's going to come and change everything. Man, restore right relationship to, to Israel, to all nations. He was the one to redeem Israel. He was the one to end sin. It might be interesting to know that the basic interpretation or adaptation of that word Messiah from the Hebrew Old Testament to the Greek New Testament is Christ. That's a, a good comparison. Christ is what we always hear in the New Testament, right? Jesus Christ. Christ basically means the anointed one or the Savior. Now, just to let you guys know, like I said, it, it means the anointed one or Savior. Jesus' last name wasn't Christ, okay? It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ and Jesus Christ was born to them. Christ is a term given to Jesus. Jesus, his name, Christ basically means like the anointed, okay? So it's, it's, when you say Jesus Christ, you're saying like Jesus, the anointed one, the king, okay? That's what it, that's what it means. And it turns out that this X, it stands for Christ. This whole ceremony, what do you know, this whole celebration is about Jesus. Well, then I started banging my head against the wall. Because I did all this math only to realize that someone had already figured this out. It was already done. If I would have learned history instead of math, I would have been far better off. Because if I look back in history, it turns out that I didn't need to do the math. It was already discovered a long time ago. It turns out that Xmas has really always stood for Christmas. I know there are a ton of you Christians out there who are probably part of the contingent, the, keep the Christ and Christmas contingent. You yell at people when they say Xmas. Merry Xmas. Merry Christmas! Don't you dare take the Christ out of Christmas when you write that down or say it. Right? Because obviously Xmas was created um, by heathens who were trying to remove Christ from Christmas. But actually, that's not so true. Interestingly enough, probably the reason why you would think that if you do is because a New Hampshire governor named Meldrum Thomas said that in 1977, and then Franklin Graham reissued that later on. But the interesting thing is, is that's not the case at all. 
The X in Xmas isn't an effort to remove Christ from the Word. It's actually an effort to represent him in the Word. It turns out that the Greek letter Chi, which is the first letter in the name of Christ, is X. X is Chi, the first letter in Jesus' name when it's in Greek. So the name Christ or Christos in Greek is spelled starting with an H, with an X, excuse me. The letter X was not used to remove Jesus from the word. It was used to represent him inside of it. X, in fact, has been used to symbolize Jesus since 1021. It can be traced back to. It was placed in Oxford English Dictionary in 1485 that X was a symbol, a well-known symbol for Christ. And new terms like X-T-I-A-N, Christian, X-T-I-A-N, was added to Oxford Dictionary in 1634. And before long, it even formed the word Xmas, Christmas. It was found in texts all the way back to the 1700s. This term has been used. In our American culture, there are cards, Christmas cards, Xmas cards, all the way back from 1910. And in Ladies Home Journal in 1922, you can look at a beautiful spread trying to sell presents, and it says Merry Xmas on it. Historians and learned Bible studies would agree that, in fact, Xmas was not created by heathens to remove Jesus, to remove Christ's name from Christmas. In fact, it was created by wise, Bible-believing Christians who knew their Greek, and they were the ones who created that term to represent it. My call to you as a Christian is to lay down the war, lay down the debate, and lay down the fight. Ecclesiastes 3.8 says this, There is a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I believe that the occasion of Christ's birth here on earth is not a time for hate and war, but instead is a time for peace and for love. There's this one time. I was, uh, I was at a church, and uh, I'm not going to tell you what church I was in. I'm not going to tell you if I was in this state or another state. You're never going to know where I was at, so don't ever ask me. I'm never going to tell you. But I was at this church at Christmas time, and there was this pastor who decided to start telling a story, and, and he just goes on this, this rant. And, and, and it was good at first, but then he was talking about going out to eat. And he said he was out to eat, and when the waitress come to give him his check, she had written on it, happy holidays like Jennifer. And he just flipped out. He says, what's this? What, 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 what's this? What's happy holidays? you know who I am? He says, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So she said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So she took back the thing, went back, brought him back a new slip. And on it, she wrote, sorry, Merry Xmas. And he just blew a gasket. I mean, just, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Merry Xmas. What do you think this is? What do you think that X is? You go ahead and you take that back one more time. And he sent her back a third time to go back and bring back one that said, sorry again, Merry Christmas, and her name. And sitting in that audience, I wanted to stand up and I mean, throw, punch, punch him in the throat. You know, I mean, stop, stop talking, because you're embarrassing all of us right now. Because that is, right, that's the spirit of Christmas, right? 
Is that the spirit of Christmas, of us as Christians and believers of Christ, is that what we really need to do is we need to make a young girl who's trying to get through her day work and make her feel bad about herself. That's the best way that we can spread Christmas cheer this Christmas, right? That's the best way that we can tell people about Jesus, is making her feel terrible about herself. And of course, I'm a Christian. You change for me, right? I mean, it was one of the most embarrassing moments I've had sitting there, right? It was just like, wow, dude, you— you're missing the whole thing. You're missing the whole point of what this, this holiday is about. Remember when I said how we can get so caught up in the celebration we forget why we're celebrating? You can get so caught up in the details you forget the whole point. Man, that's not the spirit of Christmas. You, know, you want to know what the spirit of Christmas is? I'll tell you what it is. There's this Bible verse. It says John three sixteen and 17. It says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Man, that's the spirit of Christmas. Man, of so much love that he would give his son. The spirit of Christmas can be found in Romans three twenty three and 24. It says, everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. But listen, yet God, with undeserved kindness, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. I want to say this. Instead of us being Christians, man, who defend the name Christmas, let us be Christians who defend the spirit of Christmas. Let us not stand and plant a flag in a name, and instead let us plant a flag in the heart of Christmas. What does it mean? What is it about? What is the very spirit of of it? Well, let our conversation reflect the fact that Christmas is a celebration of a God who loved his people so much that without them ever deserving it, he gave them a miraculous gift of his son to pay for their sins. And that's the spirit of Christmas. I call Christians everywhere, you included, and everyone who would hear this mission, I mean this, this message, embrace the X. That is my call to you. Embrace the X. Instead of fighting it, use it as an opportunity. Use it as an opportunity. When you see Xmas, say, you know what's really interesting? That letter X, it's been used to represent Christ for over a millennium. Xmas means Jesus. It means Christ. The X, that's what it stands for. Instead of fighting with people, why don't you use it as an opportunity to share that? Let's move over at Xmas and say, you know what's really cool? Did you know that X actually stands for Christ? It's Greek and it represents him. It's been used for over a millennium. Why fight about it? Why not use it as an opportunity to give them love? But even still, even if you can't do that, undeserved kindness. That's what it says that God gave to us. Sometimes I think we should get that as Christians a little more undeserved kindness should flow from us as well. For any of you guys who aren't Christians, maybe you don't really have a relationship with Jesus at this time, um, I, I want to tell you that the news that the X in Xmas stands for Christ is the best news possible. I know some of you guys might be thinking the whole idea is that this is going to come, and what I'm going to say is it should ruin, it should ruin money mess, and, and, and it should ruin family mess, and it should ruin the food mess. And, and what I'm going to say is, is that you're terrible for celebrating all those things, but I want to say that that's not the case. That's not what I'm trying to say. In fact, what I'm saying is that 
the reality that X stands for Christ is an amazing gift that God wants to give you a better money mess, a better food mess, a better family mess than you've ever possibly understood. It says when you talk about food mess that he wants to save all of us because at the end of days he has an amazing feast prepared for everyone who comes. That he has a feast beyond anything we could imagine waiting for us when we all get to heaven and that he wants us to be there. It says that we used to know him as our father, but sin broke that connection with him. And man, he wants to bring that family back into it where you realize that you belong. You are a child of God, that you belong as, as, as his son or daughter. And when it talks about that money miss, the idea of gifts, man, he wants to give you a gift that you could never possibly afford. And he says when you read those things that, that all of us, it, it's, it's, it's known in the scripture that all of us fall short. All of us can't achieve the goodness that we need to be close to God. It says this in Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Man, Jesus was the best gift we could have ever possibly got. Because God loved us so much, he sent him. And the way the story goes is basically that all of us have sin debt in our lives. All the times we fall short of the the fullness and the perfection of God that we have sin and that we have to pay for that debt. But it says that Jesus came and lived a perfect life so that he could die. And when he died, since he had no sin, he carried yours and mine to the cross and he paid for it. Man, the best gift any of us could possibly imagine granted to us at Christmas the fact that God would send his son to earth to come and fulfill this mission. I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads just for a second. And I just want to offer this. I I can't possibly think of a better day if there's somebody who's never known Jesus, never started a relationship with Jesus, and you realize you need to begin that relationship. Man, I couldn't think of a better day than on Christmas weekend. Literally a celebration of the weekend in which God sent his son and that you could accept him. It says that God sent him as a gift, and all we have to do is accept that gift, to take it and receive it. If there's anyone today, no one's looking around, you just go ahead and you decide on your own. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand above your head so I can see your hand, because I want to pray for you. Go ahead. Right now, if it's you, anybody out there today says, you know what, that's me. I need to do this. I need to start something. Yeah, I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand back there, sir. Anyone else today say, you know what, that's me. I can tell you if it's you, here's how you know, is if right now you feel like it's you, and in the back of your mind, your hand's getting pulled back down by your hand, and you think, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, that means it's your time. If it's you, just raise your hand. Yeah, I see your hand, ma'am. Let's just pray together. You guys just keep your eyes closed. We're going to pray together as as a, a church. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying in my place. Please become the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations, you guys who started a relationship with Jesus today. You will be different from here on out. Absolutely a new creation that God has started. For the rest of you guys, I want to say Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Xmas, man. Celebrate it. Enjoy it.
I want to tell you guys that I hope that God blesses you in awesome ways. I pray that God gives you an opportunity to serve him this season as well, too, as not just celebrate it. May God bless you guys as you go on your ways. I will see you in two weeks at the beginning of the next year. Merry Christmas, guys.